Hi, I'm Carmi. And I'm Cassandra. And we're Too, Too Good, Good to, to Be, be true. true. And this week we got our first ever email from a listener. So we're going to go ahead very and read excited. that. Yeah, we were very excited. Yes. So thank you, Kay, thank you. for writing in. Um, if you're not into us reading this email and discussing it, then just skip the first five or so minutes and you should be at our regular content. But we're going to start with this. And our title of our email is Love Your Pod and a Scam Story. And Kay writes, Hi, Karami and Cassandra. I stumbled upon your podcast while looking for a different one, but I am so happy I found yours. I listen to a lot of true crime, but I have yet to really delve into the world of scams. Your podcast seems like an excellent way to start. I love that you have so much experience in the banking industry and can, can provide a one-of-a-kind perspective on this subject. Now, on to my scam story. About seven years ago, my husband's, then fiance's, grandmother got scammed. She received a phone call from someone claiming to be my husband. The scammer knew my husband's name and enough information about him to convince his grandmother it was her 23-year-old grandson. This scammer said he had gone on a trip to a South American country, Colombia, I think, but I don't really remember, with some friends and hadn't told his parents. While on this trip, he had gotten into a car accident broken his nose and was in the hospital in that country he said he needed her to wire him some money so he could have surgery to fix his face i think the amount was two thousand dollars of course the scammer said that she couldn't tell his parents because he had snuck off and that he needed the money right away two red flags secrecy and urgency the infuriating part of this whole thing is that his grandmother doesn't drive so grandma called her daughter not my husband's mom but his aunt and told her the whole story Aunt Kay rushed over to take Grandma to the bank and then CVS to complete the money order. It all happened very quickly, and by the time anyone stopped to question anything, it was over. Some scammer was $2,000 richer, and Grandma was out the money she was saving for some bathroom renovations. The other maddening slash sad part of this is that Grandma, Aunt Kay, and my husband's mom all live within five miles of each other and are extremely close. We were living with his parents at the time, and if anyone had taken two minutes to call my husband, his parents, me, anyone in the family at all, the scammer story would have been unraveled in an instant. But I guess that's how they make their money, right? Preying on emotions so people send money before they have a chance to think. Anyway, I love your podcast, and I hope that by shedding light on these stories and by people sharing their scammed or almost scammed stories, we can get rid of some of the shame people feel when they get duped. It can literally happen to anyone, and the more we recognize that, the more resilient we will become. Keep up the great work. Best, Kay. So first of all, thanks Kay thanks, for writing Kay. in. I got the email while I was at work, and I just screamed. And then my coworker screamed, and then we were excited, and we talked about it for a while. And then later on that night, I told Cassandra, and I was literally bouncing like a child. Oh, yeah, for we, sure. We were excited. We were excited. Very and, So we really appreciate it. And then we're just going to take a couple minutes quickly to discuss the things that you've said. So this scam is really a common one. Like how oh, many yeah. times did we hear it when I For was sure. working with you at the bank that you still work at? Like, like a lot. A, a, we, I can't say how many times, but. It's pretty common. It's pretty and common. It, like literally it happens a lot. People will just try to get a hold of someone that's like a grandparent, usually a grandparent. Yeah, it's almost always a grandparent from my experience. I'm sure it does happen 
in other in situations, other situations like, but they use different family friend. members but yeah I've, I've always experienced grandparents and they always do the same thing either they're in jail or they're injured yeah they say they're injured they're in jail they need help like immediately like right away right and that's and like Kay said the urgency that urgency Mm -hmm. like they appeal to your emotions they get you scared they get you worked up and they say we got to do it right now it's very important it's urgent you know it's basically life or death and people then their emotions get running high are running and they get worked up anxiety's going yeah and they don't stop and think you know what they're not being logical at the time and and they can Sometimes they spoof a number so it actually looks like this person's calling you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't. If you do get a call from your son saying that he is in another country and he needs money, even though it says it's your son, hang up. Double go check to your son's contact yeah. and dial your son yourself. Because it may look like his number and it may match it exactly, but it might be spoofed. So it looks like right. it's, say, Matt calling you, but it's really not Matt. You want to give Matt a call and find out did he really do this. And it's always a no. And sometimes they'll ask you to send money through a wire transfer. Sometimes they'll right. ask for a money order or a cashier's check. Sometimes they ask you for gift cards and... I mean, I don't know any scenario where any a gift card's going to help you with a hospital. Somebody's asking for gift cards. I'm, I'm always like, that's a scam. <laughs> yeah. So just remember that. Keep it in mind. If it happens to you, maybe spread some awareness mm-hmm. to your parents, to your grandparents. Let them know this is a common thing that's going on. Honestly, I wouldn't even answer an unknown number at all. If it's mm-hmm. important, they'll leave a message and I can call them call back. Them back. If they do mm-hmm. answer. Just make sure that you really drill it in their heads to confirm everything actually with the person that they think they're talking to or talking about. So thanks again, Kay, for writing that in. And you're completely dead on about the secrecy and urgency and how they use that to manipulate people. And we really appreciate somebody taking the time to actually type out an entire email to us to tell us all of that. We're really appreciative. So if anybody else feels like doing that, I'm going to go over all of our social media presence and email and everything at the end of the episode mm-hmm. and try and get in the habit of actually doing that so that y'all can write into us any way that you want to. We would definitely like to hear from more people. Yeah, for sure. This was, this was cool to get. So mm-hmm. anyway, now we'll move on and we're going to delve into Delvey. Delve into Delvey. <laughs> We're going to talk about Anna Delvey. Goodness. And so Anna Vadimovna Sorokina was born on January 23rd, 1991 in Demudzia Dova. Demudzia Dova. There we go. I got it. I got it. Demudzia Dova, Russia. In a working class, it's a working class town. Um, it is south of Moscow. Moscow. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely in Russia. She's a Russian citizen. That's where she's born. Her father, Vadim, worked as a truck driver. Mm-hmm. Her mother, who I couldn't find a name for, owned a convenience mm-hmm. store. So the family eventually ends up moving to North Rhine-Westphalia, Germany, in 2007, right. when Anna was 16. And her father became an executive at a transport company. And then he opened an HVAC company when the transport company was unable to pay off their debts. So they kind of just basically closed up shop and he opened this HVAC company. Mm -hmm. 
her mother was a housewife. And then Anna attended the Bischofliche Liebbrauenschule Eschweiler. I have no idea if I said that correctly. I googled it and I listened to it a handful of times and really tried to perfect it because there's a lot right. of German and Russian words and stuff in this that I wanted to make sure I was saying right. But in English, at least, I know that translates to the Episcopal School of Our Lady of Eschweiler. And she was nice. generally regarded as a quiet kid and that she struggled, actually, with the German language while she was there. She was really into following Vogue, fashion blogs, and image accounts on LiveJournal and Flickr. Do you remember LiveJournal? I don't even no, know. No, but I, I don't even know, know if that's still a thing. Flickr is still a thing. I don't remember hearing a live. But I don't know if live journal is still a thing. Like live journal was around when I was in high school. I didn't mm-hmm. have a live journal. I had a Zenga. That I've heard of. <laughs> it's like kind of the same thing, just okay. like a blog, basically. Yeah. I don't even know if they're still around. But anyway, so Anna leaves Germany in 2011 and moves to London and Paris. She studied at Central St. Martin's, an art school in London, but she soon dropped out and moved back to Germany, where she briefly interned at a public relations firm in Berlin. Berlin, sorry. After that, she relocated back to Paris, where she interned for the French fashion magazine Purple. And although her parents really weren't rich, as much as she would love everyone to believe... (laughs) They did still pay for her rent, so Anna's still living the good life. You know, she's not really having to worry about bills, and she's interning for this fashion magazine, so life's good for Anna. That's pretty cool. And around this time, she ditched Sorokin, and this is when she starts going by By Anna Delvey. Delvey, yeah. And she initially claimed it was based on her mother's maiden name, but her mother was like, that's no. not even close. <laughs> <laughs> and no. so later on, she finally admits that she just made it up. She just made it up. She's like, like, you know what? This sounds good. Why can't you just, just say that? Like, yeah. no one cares. No one cares. So she moves again. This time in 2013, Anna moves to the States and she moves to New York City where she decides she wants to found a private members club and arts foundation. So this kind of... Sounds so familiar! It does! (laughs) (laughs) And this would include pop-up shops and exhibitions by artists she met while she was interning. At the time, she's in a relationship with Hunter Lee Soik, I believe, for two years. They split up in 2016 when he ended up moving to the United Arab Emirates. So the boyfriend, Hunter, he Mm -hmm. was a tech entrepreneur who developed an app called Shadow. Got another app developer on hand. App developing. And he gave a TED Talk on the app. However, the app never actually developed beyond the concept stage. And then him and Anna go their separate ways and he moves away. So I know in, in Inventing Anna, they have her boyfriend kind of play like a major part in a lot of it. So I guess this is the person that it was really based off of. And for a while, she... didn't watch it, so I can't say. Oh, for a while, she was telling people that she wouldn't name her boyfriend unless they paid her a certain amount of money, but she wanted to let them know that he was, like, basically, you know, a really famous person, and he gave TED Talks and stuff. But for, I think it was, like, $10,000, she would say... Yeah, and, like, they weren't even together anymore, and, like, we know who it was anyway, so chill. I literally heard no mention of him in the things I watched. 
<laughs> just because he, I don't think, was as big a deal as... as she made him out to be? <laughs> Clearly he wasn't. So, Anna originally moved to New York City after going there for Fashion Week, but she decided that she was going to stay because she found it easier to make friends in the city. So she transferred to Purple's New York office for a brief amount of time. Then after quitting Purple, she came up with the idea for this Anna Delphi Foundation, where she was going to have these pop-up shops and uh, art exhibitions and all this stuff was going to happen. All this fancy stuff. She tried to get some funding from wealthier members of the city's social scene, but she was unsuccessful, which... I mean, I don't blame them. This random girl coming up to them and being like, like, you know what? You want to invest in my foundation? Please fund my art foundation. I don't even know how to do a German accent. I like have German ancestry. I'm sorry. A lot of the people that talked about her (laughs) said that like her Her accent accent wasn't even German. It was just like a weird. It was very indistinguishable. Yeah, it was just like a really weird accent. Yeah. And like I listened to her talk in that 2020 episode and I was like, the fuck? Is she she talking? It's weird. It's like she sounds like she's from California. Thank you. I was just <laughs> but with say, an accent, but not even always with but an accent. Even. There are times there are where she times completely where dropped really it no and accent. just sounded American. Oh, yeah, she oh, sounded yeah. like us, and I was definitely. Like, Wait. There's times where you hear it, and there's times where you don't, and it's very confusing to your brain. Honestly, yeah. Hey, maybe that's why she does it. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. She wanted to lease the church missions house, which has six floors and 45,000 square feet. And this was where she was going to hold all these fancy things. Wow. And that's a lot of space to fill. (laughs) It was owned by Abby Rosen's RFR Holdings. And Mm -hmm. some of the artists that she wanted in the pop-up shops were Daniel Arsham, Urs Fisher, Damian Hurst, Jeff Coons, and Tracy Emin. And I don't know any of those people. I've never but, heard of them. And I should because I draw and stuff. Yeah, that's but the I'm thing. Just like, You're more I, into the I'm, art world yeah, than I'm, I am. And I, but I'm really not. I'm not like a fangirl. So I'm, I, I can't. I'm sure they're awesome and, and really popular. But I'm, I'm sure. really bad at actually giving them. a shit about the names of people. So I, I, I don't know who they are. But those were going to be some of the artists. And... According to someone she knew, DJLD, Anna portrayed herself as a wealthy heiress, of course, and she bragged about her designer clothes. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. She's at these parties and she, oh, I got designer clothes. I got designer handbags. I have all this money. But hey, can I sleep here? Right. (laughs) People would have caught on. Yeah, so she's always asking for a place to sleep. Sometimes she got it. Sometimes she didn't. She'd sleep in her car if they declined. And Crazy. <laughs> Dee also said that Anna invited people she barely knew, and her parties were super awkward with people just sitting around staring at their phones. And she said that Anna was mean and entitled and often rude to people in the service industry, which to me is a big red flag. If I go on a date with a guy and he's a dick to the waiter, we're oh, not yeah. going on a date too. I don't like too. that. Yeah, I, I couldn't hang out with her. If I saw her do that, I just couldn't do it. And Anna relied on acquaintance, acquaintances to pay for things by claiming that she'd forgotten her wallet. And so these people would pay for anything from drinks to dinners to hotel stays and flights. I know. It's kind of mind-boggling. Yeah, it's like, I mean, she must have been a hell of a charmer. Because I would have been like, um, no. I definitely think that she is. 
I 100% she has to she is she has to I mean and watching her just in the interviews that I saw she definitely gives off that vibe like I'm entitled I'm you know yeah like she says a lot of the things that she says not even like it's a question. It's just like, I deserve this. This is what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. That's girl. what I'm saying. Like, she literally just goes around acting this way. And it's like, what did you expect people to think? Right. Like, I don't know. Because she swears she didn't tell anybody. Right. That right. she was. She says she didn't she say she was a German be, heiress. She didn't claim to be anything. No heiress. No from money or that. Some some people were saying that she said she was getting some sort of inheritance. She says she never said any of this. But that's bullshit. Because, like, why would they come I up agree. with that on their I own? I agree. Why would they make that up on their own? I don't... I don't... I don't buy it. Buy it. But, I mean, the thing is, if you see somebody acting a certain way in America, yeah, you will assume those things because... Not, a, not an heiress. I mean, not an heiress. That's so specific. But I mean, like, you'll assume that they have money. Right, like, right. Not that they're an heiress, but she's like, I didn't tell but, anybody but I that, had But that's money. the point I kind of lean into, is yes, yeah. we do assume you're wealthy, but nobody's like, ooh, it must be a fucking heiress. No, like, you wouldn't come up with so, that on That's you. so specific. She had to tell somebody Yeah, that. you definitely wouldn't come up with that on your own, but she's she was all, like, adamant that she never told anybody anything. Like, they just assumed. And if you're, if you're impressed by you know she's like i never even carried a, a lot of money on me a couple thousand but to me that's a lot do you know right? what i mean to right? me that's a lot. i don't just walk around with a couple grand she's in like, cash I on a never, casual tuesday she, she's <laughs> like i never walked around with a lot of cash maybe a couple thousand and i'm going a couple that to me that's the only a lot. the only time i walked around with a couple thousand was last year when i bought taquito which is my car by the way everybody <laughs> and i yeah. had to put that four thousand dollar down payment and I used the money from my insurance claim from Momo, who was my old car. I'm sorry, I have stupid car names, everybody. And it, that even made me nervous. I was like, oh, what if somebody just, like, robs me right outside the yeah, bank? There was I all that cash. Like, me, personally, I feel like that's not safe. Yeah, I would be super uncomfortable with that. But Anna's like, oh, it was only, like, six grand. It's not even that much. Like, <laughs> like okay, Anna. It's like, like um, <laughs> all right. Yeah, sure. Anyway. Stop. We'll stop ranting. We don't like you, Anna. In case you couldn't tell. I just don't <laughs> and, get it. And in 2013, Miss Anna actually crosses paths with none other than Fire Festival's Billy McFarlane. Billy McFarlane. She had allegedly moved here. into the headquarters of his members-only card company, Magnesis, and she didn't pay her rent. Of so she owes him money. She owes him money, and he owes other people money, and it's a whole... In case you missed it, guys, we had an episode of... about the fire Festival not that long ago, and so it's kind of wild that they... Boy, and I so... wonder how that even works. <laughs> so she moves in to this townhouse where they were renting, you know, for Magnesis, and a source claimed that she'd been there for four months, and she actually would not leave until they finally packed up and left their head and move their headquarters and that was when they got in trouble because they like basically trashed it and didn't pay their rent and didn't pay their rent here part of it was probably because anna wasn't paying her part (laughs) so we say allegedly because anna hasn't commented on this but to me that doesn't really mean shit she probably really did do this but we have to say allegedly because we don't know for sure and in 2015 anna met this art collector 
and a University of Pennsylvania student, Michael Sufu Huang, at a dinner party. And he asked if she could accompany him to the Venice Biennale, which is an international cultural exhibition hosted annually in Venice, Italy. I mean, how about the audacity? Hey, are you in Italy? Can I just come with Can you? Can I come? <laughs> but okay. And so Huang booked a flight and a hotel stay for Anna under the impression that she would reimburse him for the anywhere between two and $3,000 cost. Right. And of course, Anna forgot, air quotes, air quotes, to pay Huang. And he just assumed she's just absent-minded. Which, I don't, if you have that kind of money that you can just do that and you can just drop three grand on a friend because they, like, forgot their wallet. Yeah. Then, you know, you're probably not going to have the same amount of urgency as one of us, like, normal, regular People folks. And when we lose and that $100 yeah. and we want our $100 yeah. back. So, he, you know, I can completely understand him just being like, eh, she forgot. It's fine. It's like, fine. it's not, wasn't important to him. So, uh, in January 2016... Anna was big into the Kardashians, and she <laughs> hired a PR firm to book her birthday party at Sedell's restaurant. I, why do you need a PR firm for that? To Who make cares? yourself feel fancy. So after her card gets declined for that, restaurant staff reached out to Huang for her contact info because they'd seen him posted and stuff with her on mm-hmm. social media. So, at this time, finally, he becomes a little suspicious of her. Because she always pays in cash. Why is she staying in hotels instead of just renting an apartment? Right. And she doesn't reimburse people for things that they paid for for her. And he says he was eventually repaid, but from a Venmo account of an unfamiliar name. Didn't come from one saying Anna. So, so the, he did get yeah, his money back? He did, but he doesn't even know where really it where it came from. from. So his suspicions Interesting. caused him to just, he's done. He ends the friendship with Anna and blocks her on social media. Like, I don't blame him. I would do the same. And in February Correct. of 2016, Anna's living in a hotel room in the Standard High Line. And this is where she meets a very important person, Rachel, Rachel Deloach yeah. Williams, a photo editor at Vanity Fair at a nightclub. And... So, uh, Rachel, she also described Anna as being entitled and demanding and rude to service workers, specifically waitstaff. Now. So that's two people saying Anna, a little bit of a bitch. And it's like, then why did these people want to be friends with her? And that's like my next thing. Despite this, Rachel and Anna become good friends. That's the part I don't understand. I'm like, you see someone acting like that and you're like, you know what? This seems like a good person to be friends with. It's fine. I just want friends. She's funny. I don't I, I don't know. So they're friends. And at this time, Anna is using Microsoft Word to create fake bank statements showing that she had 60 million euros in Swiss bank accounts. Yeah, because she was trying to get loans. Yeah, and she, well, she says that she couldn't access the funds, though, because they were tied up in a trust and she was in the U.S. Yeah. Which, if that kind of thing actually existed, that would make sense because, you know... You can't touch a trust until the trust says you can touch it. Touch it. Yeah, exactly. So that is correct. That would make sense, but, but eh, if, if, if it were real. Yeah. And one of her acquaintances introduced her to a lawyer named Andrew Lance at Gibson Dunn. 
and he put her in touch with several large financial institutions, including City National Bank and Fortress Investment Group. So this is where Anna really starts to pick up some traction. In November of 2016, she submitted some fake documents on a loan application for a $22 million loan with City National. City National denied the request because she couldn't provide the source of her Swiss funds. Okay, and that's what you're supposed to do. Like right, some of definitely. these bankers definitely dropped the ball, the ball big on time, and yeah, we'll talk about sure. that kind of stuff when it comes. So after she got denied from City National because she couldn't really prove anything, she applied at Fortress. And Fortress agreed to consider her application if she paid them $100,000 to cover legal expenses related to the application. Now, this mm -hmm. I didn't fully understand. Yeah. Because I work in loan operations, but I work in booking the loans, putting them on the system, doing payments, you know, assigning roles, doing the beneficial ownership right. stuff. I am not an actual loan officer. I'm not actually dealing with the applications and stuff. So I asked my boss, I was like, why would they need that? Does that sound legit to you? Like, what What are the legal expenses? Right. And she said, for a loan this size, it would still be more or less the same as we do with, like, a typical mortgage. You're still going to have your lien recording fees and your court fees. And okay, maybe, so, like, maybe is there a like, lawyer involved? Yes, and, okay, so that's, that's, what what I, I was... that's what I was going to say. So it's attorneys that draw up all these documents. Right. So... She said it was probably more expensive because this particular bank probably had um, their own legal team. Like my right. bank where I work, when we're going to send some, like a mortgage, like a lien to be recorded or whatever, the, the customer pays for like the title insurance and the recording fees and everything okay. yeah, themselves. Yeah. And they get their own attorney. They but some banks have attorney. an in-house attorney. An in-house attorney. Okay. So she said right. that's what it that's what it could have been. That's, and they didn't even... That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they didn't even end up using all of it anyway, which we'll also get into. So that made sense to me. So shout out to Jody. Thanks. Thanks, Jody. I'm always like popping into her office like, question. question. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she's just like looking at me because it has nothing to do with my with work. With what you're actually And doing. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. Like, and they all know that I have this podcast. So she's just like, oh, that's cool. Okay. So... Anyway, moving on. In December of 2016, after Anna, of course, didn't pay rent, the church missions house was leased to Photographiska, New York. So she didn't end up getting the, the place she wanted. And early... What a shame. Yeah, <laughs> cry about it. I don't know. Early in so 2017, on January 12th, 2017, Anna convinced City National to grant her $100,000 in overdraft privileges on the promise that it would be repaid quickly. So... What I don't understand is they wouldn't give her the other loan, but they granted her the overdraft. Well... Which she probably used to cover her legal expenses at the other bank. That's exactly what she did. <laughs> and that's what, what I was going to say. But I'm like... But here's the thing. A $100,000 line of credit isn't the same. Same, same as a twenty-two million right, dollar loan. It's not, but it's like okay. I think in today's day and age, now that we know there's people like Anna out there, no bank's gonna do that. Do that, but yeah. this one did. So they give her the overdraft line of credit, and of course she takes it all out right away. And to get it, 
she provided fake AOL email addresses of uh, Peter Hennick, a hmm. non-existent business manager. She had also bought a burner phone to obtain a German phone number to make it look more legit. And she used a free voice changing app to make Hennick's voice for the phone call. So, like, she legit made the phone call. Yeah, and she just used, like, what they use in Scream to disguise her to voice. To disguise so her that voice. she could that sound like a dude. Is... And when people started questioning, <laughs> she killed him off. <laughs> she goes, well, he passed away. And she invents a whole new persona, Bettina Wagner. Oh, okay. So she's <laughs> she's got her own storyline going on. She's <laughs> got it all worked out. And later on, while they're prosecuting her, the prosecutors showed her Google searches for send untraceable fake emails and non-existent email that is yeah. not going to bounce back. <laughs> Way to cover your tracks, Way Anna. To, yeah. So yeah, tracks, she takes $100,000 that she took out from her line of credit to Fortress to pay for the legal fees so that they can work on this $22 million loan. The managing director at Fortress finally <laughs> becomes a little suspicious of Anna because of some discrepancies in her paperwork. Yeah, somebody finally found something. Yeah. So she, cl- she claimed to be of German heritage, but her passport showed she's born in Russia. And the director decides he's going to meet with her bankers in Switzerland, where all her trusts are, to verify her assets. So Anna just canceled the loan request completely because things were starting to get a little too real. They of were course, doing a little yeah. bit too much digging. People were getting a little too So suspicious. she just said, you know what? Fuck it. No. I don't need this loan. So in February of 2017, Fortress returned the remaining $55,000 that they didn't spend on their legal fees. So she got that back. And she goes on a spending spree at this point. She splurges on luxury clothes, electronics, and a celebrity personal trainer named Casey Duke. She's got a taste for the high life, for sure. Yeah, she got some $800 hair. I I think think this might have been when she decided to go blonde. Maybe, I don't know if she ever had extensions, but $800 is a lot, so some, some shit went down with the hair. And she spent $400 on lash extensions, which I believe is pretty standard for if it's your first time yeah. ever getting them. And then it's the toppers like that you've the did. upkeep yeah. or whatever, yeah. So on February 18th, 2017, Anna checked into a $400 per night room at the 11 Howard Hotel in Soho, Manhattan. And she was known for giving $100 tips to staff for super simple tasks like just taking her luggage to her room right or, or like giving her cab. directions to somewhere or, yeah yeah like any any little thing or, so they're like kind of getting a little like yeah. antsy like anytime anna comes around they want to help anna because they're gonna get a hundred dollar bill a hundred dollar bill and she befriended some of them eventually and she becomes like i said this vip customer where you know everybody's giving her top tier attention she ends up becoming really good friends with her concierge nefatari davis and Neff also plays a huge part in the Netflix series. In the, in and the, the real Neff really approved of the writing of fictional Neff. Okay. I did see an interview with her. Neff was treated to meals, designer clothes, hangouts with socialites, and she was promised luxury getaways. Neff stays loyal to Anna to this day. 
Wow. Neff is still her girl. However, other staff found her annoying and rude. Once Shockingly. Again, I'm so shocked by that because, well, you know, other people said she was. So. Anna pretty much just starts treating the hotel like home. She gets comfortable. She would often dine at their restaurant called Le Cuckoo. And she befriended the chef as well, Daniel Rose. And then so she'd get her meals billed to her room, which she wasn't paying for. <laughs> and she treated staff to massages, manicures, and sessions with her celebrity trainer buddy Casey Duke. Hmm. Anna ran up a three hundred or I'm sorry, thirty thousand dollar bill at the hotel. And this is when hotel management is like, Oh shit, we don't have a credit card on file for, for her. her. That's a problem. Maybe it was something they should have noticed like a while ago. Yeah, you know. Whatever. So Anna gets a case of 1975 Dom Perignon champagne delivered to the staff to try and keep them on her side. But by <laughs> by only March of 2017, she had completely blown through all of the $55,000 that she got back, back from Fortress. So she's down to no more money. She's got nothing. She's broke again. But she still continued to invite friends out to dinners. And she'd claim who have forgotten her credit card. She'd cards. be like, I left my card at home. Or she'd or... say, like, they weren't working. Like, they were punching a number in wrong. Or, oh, it's a German right. card, so maybe they're having problems. Yeah. Like, kind Processing of Processing it or whatever, mm -hmm. yeah. And by this point, she was very active in the New York City social scene. And she attended a lot of dinner parties where she met celebrities like Macaulay Culkin and Martin Shkreli, who is that douchebag who upped all the yeah, prices of those pharmaceuticals oh, he's that great. guy that bought out the pharmaceutical company and then like price gouged it to shit and he got in a lot of trouble for it jeez yeah he might be another one we might have to address That's later on but i mean this isn't really bragging rights macaulay culkin seems kind of chill but i don't know yeah, about martin shakrelli cool in April 2017, Anna deposited $160,000 worth of fraudulent checks into a Citibank account and then pulled 70000 of that out before the fraud was discovered. So, yes, that is a way. Is we, we have also seen people this is commit why we put some fraud. holds on checks, friends. <laughs> yeah. So, if you never have a check for like $30,000, never, ever, ever, and all of a sudden you have one, if your banker is not asking you questions, you need a new banker. Right. Because they should be wanting to know why you have that money. Exactly. They you, Most of the time, if you come in with a large check like that and that's not normal for you, there's going to be some questions asked. Right. Like, we want to know, are and you doing... And it's basically doing... for your protection. Yeah, we want to know, like... are you being scammed and you don't even realize you're yeah. depositing this big-ass check thinking are you trying that to it's scam all yours us, and it isn't? You know? Yeah, are you trying to scam us? Uh, we want to make sure you're not going to go withdraw the cash right away. We also want to make sure you not you don't get involved with check-kiting, which is where you write a check right. that you know is bad, you deposit it into one bank, so the money becomes available, so you write a check, check from that from bank, that one. you deposit yeah. it somewhere else, you know, and you keep going down the line and, like, moving money back and forth across all these different banks before they realize that it's fraudulent. Yeah, because you can't keep up with that much activity. Yeah, so there, little... she shouldn't have even been able to do this. But Yeah. And I don't... People like this, like I said before, there's usually, a reason we change roles and usually laws. Usually you would put holds on checks. Yeah, so, so maybe at this time... Get away with that. <laughs> maybe at this time, 
those kinds of things weren't quite as common. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. This seems really recent to me, but it's possible that things have changed since then. I know for, for sure now nobody would really just take that but back then maybe because this was even before beneficial ownership really went right. into place because that didn't even go into place until 2018 and that people is when we check to see who is the actual owner of a company at least 25 percent or more who's going to be doing business with us because we right. want to make sure that we're not doing business with like a shell company to do money laundering mm-hmm. so if somebody goes to open a business bank account, we check to make sure who's the owner of this business bank account, who's going to get the benefit of the money. So, and that was only just four years ago. So a lot of things change Change. very rapidly in the banking world. So sometime when you go to your bank and you hear somebody going, well, they have never asked me that before. Maybe it's a new law. Maybe it's a new thing. (laughs) So I hate when people do that. Yeah. We really hate that. And because most of the time, you, you're lying. <laughs> You've been no asked, one asked that a me lot that before. They didn't have this rule before. Oh, um, I guarantee you, they did. Majority of the time. Yeah. So she takes this seventy thousand dollars out. Finally, they realize it's a scam. But by then, they're seventy thousand dollars in the hole. So she wires thirty thousand of it to Eleven Howard to cover her outstanding bill. So now they, okay, we're good. We got our money. Mm-hmm. But not really. But not really. (laughs) In May of 2017, Anna attended the annual general meeting of Berkshire Hathaway in Omaha, Nebraska, with the goal of meeting Warren Buffett. Such a random goal. Random? Yeah, I love love that for her. And (laughs) she forged a wire transfer confirmation from Dutch Bank for the $35,390 fee. Again, somebody dropped the ball here. Right. Who gives a shit if the customer gives you a confirmation? Look at your own GL. Did you get the money? Right. (laughs) Is it there? (laughs) How how this happened. It doesn't make sense because it's like, why would you not look into this? Yeah, some of this stuff is a little out there. And she booked a return charter flight on a business jet via Blade, which is, it was like an app where really rich people could just book a helicopter or a private jet or whatever, which, cool, that'd be fun. But, yeah. So, she uses them. She books a flight. And she allegedly met Blade's CEO, Robert Weisenthal. Although, later on, he said, I don't know her. (laughs) (laughs) She claims she met him. Who, Anna? I don't know her. Never heard of her. (laughs) He also reported Anna to the police in August of 2017 for a repeated failure of pay. So he's the one that finally initially was like, fuck this bitch. Yeah, like, of course. And Anna... These companies are not going to piss around. They want their money. Yeah, they, they, don't I mean? they don't care. They don't care They don't care if you're cool, if you're a socialite. Yeah, they don't care like, who you are. Give a fuck. So, Anna, because she's Anna, she has to brag. She claimed that during the trip, she snuck into a private party at the Henry Doherty, Dorley, I'm sorry, Henry Dorley Zoo and Aquarium and mingled with Bill Gates. <laughs> I never heard Bill I'm Gates sorry, say but anything. That's not he, a huge he, flex. He honestly. wasn't really like, yeah, I met this really cool girl. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I'd be impressed by that. I was like, so I'd be like, 
And? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So while she was there doing that, <laughs> Levin Howard was like, oh, gotcha, bitch. And they changed the entry code on her hotel room. So she couldn't get back in when she got That's back. That's funny. And they placed her belongings in storage because she still never gave them a credit gave card. Her credit card so they could. They were it. like, you know what? That's it. <laughs> we're out on the streets. So Anna uses this tactic she learned from Martin Chacrelli as punishment. And she bought the domain names corresponding to the names of the 11 Howard Hotel Managers. And then she scraped up some more audacity. And she emailed them all asking for a million dollars in ransom each for their domain names. To get their domain names back? Girl, what are you doing? Girl, <laughs> she has literally, honestly, she's got she's spiraling. Bonus, <laughs> honestly. And so Rachel Deloach Williams. Oh, Rachel. Remember, we met her a while I ago. I feel bad for this girl. Well, she helped her move from Eleven Howard to the Mercer Hotel. And along the way, she also spent two nights at the Bowery Hotel after sending them a fake wire transfer receipt again from Dutch Bank. Why aren't you people confirming? Yeah, I don't understand. And it's a simple phone call. She like, has to be the hard. luckiest person in the Honestly, world until just some lazy until it eventually people, runs out. But in May of 2017, Anna invited Rachel... Casey Duke, remember the celebrity personal trainer, and her videographer on an all-expenses-paid trip to Morocco because she needed to reset her electronic system for travel authorization. I do not... What the hell does that even mean? That is... Oh, I looked it up, and honestly, I don't even remember. But it was basically, like, making sure that your visas and stuff didn't expire, Oh, yeah, I because think. she did, she would need to reset her visa every once in a while. Yeah. I do, I do know that. I think that's what, don't So maybe that's what that, that has If to you do. guys are really curious, oh, no. I, please Google over listening to my Look stupid ass. <laughs> so, like I said, Anna was into the Kardashians, which I don't blame her. I'm sorry, y'all, if you don't like them. I think they're so funny. So, I don't blame her. But anyway. They are entertaining. She was inspired by Chloe, good old Chloe, to book a $7,000 per night Riyadh with three bedrooms. And a Riyadh, I looked up what that was because that also I was like, I'm not familiar with that word. So, I yeah. guess it was like a traditional garden setting in like Moroccan areas. Okay. And it's basically like a like a smaller suite. It's not like a hotel. It might only have up to ten rooms. Right. But it's like really luxurious and they have pools and beautiful gardens and everything. So they're like, like your own really up private there. Like, like area that right. you don't really have to mingle with other people. Yeah. So the one that she did had, you know, like I said, the three bedrooms had a private swimming pool and a dedicated butler and it was in La Mamunia, a five star luxury hotel in Marrakesh. Anna wanted to make a behind-the-scenes documentary on the creation of her foundation. Her Anna Delvey foundation thing. Her foundation that never really, like... Hasn't happened yet. Hasn't happened, hasn't done a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Has no space, you know. So after she's in Marrakesh for a few days, staff asked her for an alternate payment method because her credit card failed. And she made excuses, saying staff entered the card number incorrectly. Because of this bullshit, a staff member was fired. 
Oh my god, I didn't hear that part. Yep, staff member was fired because they didn't have a credit card on file. Wow. So while they're there, Anna convinced Rachel Williams to foot the $62,000 bill. Which apparently was like more than a year salary Mm -hmm. for her. And I understand her panicking and just doing it because this is a foreign country and we don't know... How well, they're going to treat what they're now thinking are thieves. From what she said, they were very serious about it. And they, like, this Rachel girl was like, they were going to, like, they were very serious. Yeah, about she it. Like, felt like gonna, she was like, under threat. They felt threatened and, like, they were going to keep them there unless they, you know what I mean? Unless they paid this. And she did do it she paid it she put it on it's between her personal and her work credit cards and there is a scene in inventing anna which like i said it's a reenactment and it's not true to life per every word and scene so take it with a grain of salt but in in that show she's there like um she's on the phone with american express and she's like kind of speaking almost kind of coded to the person working there that she's in danger and can they please just raise right. her limit to like basically nothing until well i mean not nothing but everything that she's basically unlimited until she can get safely out of morocco now i don't know if that actually went down like that because i didn't see it in legitimate sources only the reenactment right well according to her from like i have like actual like interview stuff with her and she was like the worst part of it for her because she said the reenactment was a little bit different or whatever she said the worst part of it was the way anna reacted because she was cool as a cucumber which like it's not normal like most people when you're in a foreign country and they're you know threatening you and they're being like we're not gonna let you go home you would be like a little stressed stressed scared panicked she's like she she said she didn't even seem to register the seriousness or the risk of the situation she's like normal people have alarm bells going off when you're being told you can't leave somewhere especially in a foreign country and she's like that made her more overly stressed because of the fact of anna being so calm yeah you know and so rachel pays this because anna promised that she was going to pay her back right she said she's going to transfer her the money and rachel had also paid for the flights other items and a purchased and a private tour of majorelle garden i think she bought her clothes too from what i was, i don't know i don't i don't That's know I but i'll if you saw it then you saw it <laughs> I'm not her, so I'm not sure. Like, before they even got there, she had already spent money before they even went on the trip. Like, not even including just that 62000 for that actual, you know, whole ordeal. Yeah, so she goes through all this and gets them home safely. And she only received $5,000 back from Anna. And at one point, she only had $410 left in her checking account. So she had to ask her other friends to help her pay her rent. And... To her, it was like, and I saw this footage was from the trial itself, where I saw her speaking, saying that it, it felt like Anna, again, like we said, she didn't understand the gravity of the situation. Of the situation. She yeah. was just, like, not taking it seriously. And 
she had never been this poor in her life. So, of course, she wouldn't know the urgency of having to pay your rent and only having $400 in your right. checking account. Well, Rachel ends up calling American Express, and they removed somewhere in the ballpark of $52,000 from her credit card bill. So that's leaving her still with around 10000 or so because she did spend the sixty two k. Right. She got lucky in that situation, though, that they were willing to squash the majority of that. Yeah, to, to, to fess up to, the, you know, it, this $52,000 of fraud. Most people won't see that happen. Right. So if any of you are listening and thinking of racking up thousands of dollars Don't of debt and then calling it fraud. Don't do that. This is not something normal yeah that's not normal at all at this point rachel's starting to catch on to some things and she contacted other old acquaintances of anna's who also had never been repaid and this is when she finally realized anna was committing fraud somebody's finally on to finally on to anna anna of course had also stayed at other places she stayed at casbah Tamadot, another luxury hotel, and at the Four Seasons Hotel and Resorts in Casablanca, where she asked Casey Duke, because remember she was also there for just a little bit, Mm -hmm. well she asked Casey to pay for the room, but the thing is Casey left early. She went home because she was sick from like really bad food poisoning. She got sick, food poisoning or whatever. Yeah, and so Casey had also offered to pay for Anna to come home with her. And Anna asked for first-class accommodations because, again, a limited supply of audacity here. Right, yeah. <laughs> she has the, Nothing is out of the realm of possibility for her. And so Anna, of course, on Casey's bill here, is she's also drinking fine wines and champagnes. She's taking a helicopter to the airport in Casablanca, you know, because <laughs> cars are just so out. Anna then returned to New York City later in May and moved to the Beekman Hotel. 20 days after moving in, in June 2017, she was evicted after failure to pay her $11,518 bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shocker. Yeah, you know, because Anna's so great at paying things. She then tried to do the same thing at West New York Downtown Hotel and Residences and was evicted and charged with theft of services after just two days, two days. for That's failing to pay her. Time. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't pay her $503.76 bill. Mm-hmm. And that's really not that much. Mm-hmm. But you know what? She did cross that $500 threshold into it being a felony. In a lot of Way to go, Anna. I don't know what it is in every single state. I don't know if that's right. true everywhere. And, of course, in other countries, it's not like I know the laws in Brazil, but in a lot of states, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, by July 5th of that year, our girl is homeless. Yeah. And she's desperate. So she interrupted Duke while she was on a date, screaming and crying and throwing a fit, asking her if she can stay with her. And she also asked Rachel, who said no. Oh, yeah. Because I would have been like, why do you still even have my number? (laughs) Fuck out of here. You can lose that number. (laughs) Anna's now apparently a 14-year-old boy 
because she's dining and dashing. Dining and dashing. At the restaurant at the La Parker Meridian Hotel. Again, sorry if I'm mispronouncing a lot of these. I looked up a lot of them and then life happened and I'm sorry. Some of them I don't remember. And she told police that she would have a friend pay within five minutes of her dining and dashing. Mm -hmm. She didn't. At this time, she was also being investigated by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office for bank fraud. Hmm. I wonder why. Can't imagine, honestly. On August 17th, 2017, Anna allegedly deposited two bad checks worth $15,000 into her account at Signature Bank, and she was able to withdraw about $8,200 of the cash before the checks were returned. So we're doing more fraud just to get wow. by. Well, what else can she do besides <laughs> dine and dash and do more fraud? Because she's, she's, she doesn't know anything else. She's out of resources and she doesn't know how to actually work for money. So what was she going to do? And so Rachel, well, Rachel went to the police. She'd had enough and she helped set up a sting with Michael McCaffrey, a police officer with the New York Police Department working with the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. And at this point, Anna was staying at Passages Malibu, a luxury rehab facility in Los Angeles. I think I've seen commercials for them. Cause aren't they the ones that have like Passages all the- Passages Malibu? Yeah, yeah, like the tropical, like palm trees and everything in there. I feel ad. like other like people have stayed there. Yeah, like celebrities, celebrities. and stuff. Yeah, like, so she's, yeah. she was there. And Rachel arranged a lunch meeting with Anna. Because Anna needed to leave the rehab facility before anything could happen. So she arranged this lunch meeting. And as soon as Anna left the rehab facility, officers arrested her. On October 3rd, 2017, yep. she's finally arrested. And Rachel didn't want Anna to know she was the one that did all this at first. So she actually sent Anna a text while she was like arrest being arrested or was mm -hmm. incarcerated saying oh, what did she say? Oh wow. that she was at a specific place waiting for Anna for to get there. Oh, and, yeah, you know and, what I did and see when that would actually. Anna be getting there? Yeah. Like she was acting like she had no idea Anna was then in custody. Was, yeah. And after her arrest, Anna was indicted by a grand jury convened by Manhattan DA Cyrus Vance Jr. on two counts of attempted grand larceny in the first degree, mm -hmm. three counts mm -hmm. of grand larceny in the second degree, one count of grand larceny in the third degree, and one count of misdemeanor theft of services, services yeah. for the fraudulent loan applications made to City National and Fortress check fraud, like we said, the cost of the Morocco trip, and unpaid hotel and restaurant bills. So she's she's in trouble now. <laughs> yeah, that's and, a lot of funds to have to recover, honestly. So she she was she she was sentenced to jail <laughs> and she was incarcerated at Rikers Island during her trial. 
which I had heard was like pretty hardcore on the levels of jails. I had heard, but Possibly. she makes it sound like a cakewalk. Honestly, <laughs> no, she is. She was. She was in trouble while she was in there. She had thirteen infractions for misbehavior. Oh, really? Yeah, she'd fight and disobey orders. And and then, because she was such a douche, I guess, she, she spent Christmas in solitary confinement. Interesting. Literally, you when they be... <laughs> show her in her interviews, she acts like it was like... Yeah, she, because that's how she just is. But the like, best thing ever. She was in trouble. She was, she was a bad kid. <laughs> she probably, in fact, hated it, but she just has to make right. it look good right. for people. Oh, she, yeah, literally, here's a quote. This place is not bad at all, actually. People seem to think it's horrible, but I see it as, like, a sociological experiment. I'm like, okay, sure. (laughs) Alrighty. (laughs) I don't know. Well, she was offered a plea deal. But on December 18th, 2018, she appeared in New York City Criminal Court and rejected it. All right, want a trial you get a trial i guess Mm -hmm. so a lot of times pleas will kind of you just plea to it and you avoid the trial right avoid the the publicity and stuff supposedly she wanted the publicity she wanted to have she actually demanded having a trial because she wanted to have right right and that's exactly why she rejected this plea deal wanted to show off so or whatever yeah so she gets the trial she wanted to tell her story. That's what she says to the interviewer. <laughs> she wanted to get a chance right. to tell her story. Not, oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <sighs> she. Anna, I know. Anna, Anna was like, li- Something was she else. living in another. She Honestly. Li- was she living in the same universe as like Black Santa? <laughs> Black Santa. Wait. I- I have, to just, I have to say what Black Santa is now because like, people are going to be like, what are you talking about? People will be like these. You idiots. Well, so, okay, so when I was a little, a little kid, and now, I don't know why I'm saying had. I have a sister. Had a sister. No, she still <laughs> she's, has she's, a sister. She's still here. And and uh, when when we were little, our mom wanted to keep us from fighting over our dolls, so she bought my sister all like racially white dolls and me all black dolls which like thinking about it that is smart because like you can never say like that's my doll because is your your doll black it's definitely yours and this is no so all my dolls were black so i'm just i don't have like racist parents so i'm just thinking all right you know different people are just different people so i'm just like whatever and and we were asked when I was in daycare the one time to draw a picture of Santa, and I was the only kid that drew him black. And like, <laughs> I was just like, I just thought that was she normal. Thought I thought Santa, Santa was, was black. black. So I was telling her this, and she's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I thought it was adorable. Oh, honestly. he was so cute, though. He had little rosy little, cheeks still. Just yeah, I, what I picture is very adorable. And black Santa. I think if there is a universe where he exists that's great so i don't even want to send her there i don't know yeah, where she would yeah. she doesn't where she think deserve she black is. santa honestly <laughs> no, no he seems like a gem yes so she gets her trial because whatever world she's in she wants one honestly i think that she created this 
persona in her mind, and she started to blur the lines of what was real and what wasn't, honestly, uh, in her mind. I, she had to. Yeah. She created this persona to, like, kind of, I guess, maybe, like, live in a, in a kind of a fantasy. Yeah, in an alternate reality. Yeah, exactly. And she started to blur the lines between what was real and what was not. It was like she was Anna Delvey now. She basically morphed into Anna Delvey. She was no longer Anna Sorokin or whatever. She was Anna Delvey in her mind, anyway. Yeah. Who was a made-up person that didn't exist. Right. You know what and I mean? we're not when we're not going to diagnose her with any kind of mental I'm not, illness. I, I don't know, but what causes one to do that? Yeah. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I mean, I did go to school for psychology, but I'm not an actual psychiatrist, so I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even. Or... I'm not even gonna make an attempt to do something like that. But I, yeah, it was. She was out there. But this this trial began on March twentieth, two thousand nineteen. And was presided over by Judge Diane Kiesel. Anna, being Anna, demanded a wardrobe stylist to dress her for all court appearances. Mm-hmm. So, Neff, like I said, Neff... That kind of blew my mind, honestly. Neff was still her girl. Like I said, she actually documented her court outfits on Instagram under the handle at Anna Delvey Court Looks. As of the time I wrote Good these notes, which was Lord. just a couple of days ago I finished these notes, that account has 56.5K followers. That's insane. Yep, over 56,000. She follows only one account, Anna Delvey herself. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all I gotta say. She wanted to show off her looks, and they included a Michael Kors shift dress, a St. Laurent top, and Victoria Beckham trousers. Who hires, like, a celebrity stylist to do your outfits for court? (laughs) She, on the Friday of the trial, she actually delayed proceedings for an hour and a half because she didn't want to appear in her prison uniform and her chosen outfit had not been pressed. Had not arrived yet or what? It hadn't been pressed. Oh, it was there. It just hadn't been pressed. She didn't want prison uniform. She didn't want wrinkles. She threw a crying tantrum. Delayed everything oh for an gosh. hour and a half. That's a, that's a whole other level of... Mm-hmm. Something else. Her lawyer defended her actions, saying that she always intended to pay everything back and that some of the services were given to her in exchange for promotion on Instagram. Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) He called Anna an entrepreneur and compared her to Frank Sinatra. Yeah, you know (laughs) what? I have notes on my phone here from when I was watching that, and I was like, I can't even believe this. Like, lawyer... Mm -hmm. He, he called her a role model and extremely resourceful. And I'm like, sir, sir this is a Wendy's. No, <laughs> like, sir, this is a Wendy's. Literally, <laughs> who and why? Like, oh, yeah, tell people to, you know, aspire to be this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't say this is a role model. I'm well, sorry. he said that her and Frank created a golden opportunity in New York City. So... The same. I just don't get it. Anyway, the del- the jury deliberated for two days. On April 25th, 2019, they found her guilty of eight charges, including grand larceny in the second degree, 
attempted grand larceny and theft of services. She was found not guilty of two charges, attempted grand larceny in the first degree relating to the original loan application with City National, and larceny in the second degree relating to the $62,000 theft. Yeah, Yeah. that blew my mind, honestly. And then people give this Rachel girl a hard time and make her out to be some sort of bad person right like oh you're you're profiting all this why because she's going out telling her story and making money off of it i was like why shouldn't she honestly she didn't she didn't get anything from this trial do you know what i mean like she was there and she told her part of the story but she didn't get anything from it she didn't see a refund from that do you know what i mean yeah i mean she did there was no restitution for her right she so i'm like why shouldn't she tell her story? I feel like that's only fair. And Anna's telling her story, so why shouldn't she tell her right. story? If one side can profit, it's why can't fair. the other? So, yeah, I'm not going to say anything about that, really. And Anna said, in an interview prior to sentencing, <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be lying to you and to everyone else and to myself if I said I was sorry for anything. She's not. 1,000% she's not. I watched multiple interviews and she's not sorry. She doesn't even believe she did anything wrong. And she doesn't. In her mind, she didn't do anything wrong. So on May 9th, 2018, Anna was sentenced to 4 to 12 years in prison, fined $24,000, and ordered to pay restitution of $199,000, including $100,000 to City National, $70,000 to City Bank, and approximately two-thirds of the amount owed to Blade. All of these amounts, plus $75,000 in legal fees, were paid for out of the proceeds from the Annas... From the... <laughs> from the Annas. From the Annas. <laughs> That's all right. Oh, boy. Doing a lot of talking. It's a lot okay. of talking. All of these amounts... Plus the $75,000 in legal fees were paid for out of the proceeds from Anna's deal with Netflix. Correct. What? I So much money from Netflix. I know, but here's the thing. Even though she did profit off of the Netflix deal, she had to pay all that money back first. She didn't see any of that money until all the monies were paid back. Yeah, but she got so much. I mean, true. And then, true. <laughs> and she actually had $22,000 left over after all that stuff. So she had a surplus. It is kind of insane. And the court allowed her to keep it. She also was not forced to pay $160,000 for the church mission house rental. $65,000 in legal fees to Gibson Dunn for the $22 million loan application or $30,000 in legal fees due to Lowenstein Sandler, which is another law firm, I believe. Okay. So after the trial, Anna was initially sent to Bedford Hills Correctional Facility for Women. She was then transferred to Albion Correctional Facility which is a medium-security women's prison in Albion, New York. So, good for her, I guess. I guess. Because I think, I think, like you said, Rikers is pretty harsh, so... I've heard it's pretty hardcore. On February 11th, 2021, she was released from prison on parole. 
After her release, she checked into the Nomad Hotel and hired a German camera crew to follow her around and film her. For what reason? Because she's still in her I want to be reality TV Yeah, she thinks she's special. Yeah, that's a weird move. On March 25th, 2021, Anna was taken into custody by Immigration Customs Enforcement, which I'll just say ICE. Yeah. For overstaying her visa. Which she said was awful, and she was like, literally like, send me back to Rikers. That's how bad she hated it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And she was only out of prison for a very, very short, short amount of time. of time. And then she gets arrested again. And she's held in a New Jersey County jail awaiting deportation back to Germany. Which she was contesting. But a judge ruled that if she was freed, she would continue to commit fraud. Don't think he's wrong. And I don't think he's wrong there, honestly. In January of 2022, she tested positive for COVID in prison and was placed in quarantine. Why all these people be getting COVID in prison? I guess. I guess. It <laughs> they didn't get sense. their shots. So this is this goes to my next point. On March 1st, 2022, she joined a class action lawsuit filed by ACLU. Mm-hmm. So American Civil Liberties Union. Union, yeah. And she alleged that ICE denied multiple requests for a COVID booster shot after receiving the first shot in April 2021. So she's just getting enough shots. That's why she got infected. I see. From March 17th through the 24th of 2022, Anna participated in a pop-up group show called Free Anna Delvey with five reproduced drawings by her. Wow. <laughs> the show featured art from three, 33 artists inspired by Anna. And it was arranged... That's a hell of an inspiration. Yes, yeah, seriously. It was arranged to help pay for Anna's legal defense. And it was arranged by Alfredo Martinez and Julia Morrison. And Alfredo had previously been in prison for forging Jean-Michel... Basquay paintings. I think I said it right. The show was held in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And Martinez had called Anna during her show and put her on speakerphone. (laughs) She said she was very happy and grateful for the grassroots support I've been getting from both young artists and the art world in general. Hope I'll be present for the next one. I don't know. Personally, I... This is too much for me, and I'm in a little bit of the art world, so right. I don't... She didn't get support here. For sure. I just... I can't even imagine, like, why anybody would want that to be a thing. <laughs> and guess how much uh, Anna's pieces were priced at? What? $10,000. $10,000? No. Mm-hmm. In April of 2022, Chris Martin of Founders Art Club announced an upcoming show, which garnered a lot of interest. On May 19th, 2022, allegedly was released in a nightclub on the second floor (laughs) of the Public Hotel in Manhattan. The show opened with the song Flashing Lights by Kanye. Followed by drag queen Yuwa Hamasaki. Mm-hmm. Hyping up the crowd. Kind of, it sounds fun. 
It does sound fun. The models were wearing white gloves, Versace sunglasses, and black stockings covering their heads. That they, sounds interesting. Yeah, not a fun look. I mean, to walk around with stockings on your whole face. Mm -hmm. They carried Anna's drawings in gold-plated frames throughout the crowd, showing them off. Anna spoke to the crowd via a pre-recorded message that said, my narrative from my perspective. <laughs> I don't know. All right. She really wants to get this story out there in any way possible, apparently. The drawings were again priced at $10,000, and the proceeds went to Anna's legal fund. Anna stated that 15% of the proceeds were to go to children's charities. I never saw confirmation of that. Of that? Yeah. I'm sure there it wasn't. It might be out there. E.J. Dickinson of Art News wrote, Yenna Dalby's biggest scam might be her art show. Oh my! He's just, <laughs> he's just laying it all out there. The art show struck me as the type of naked press grab common among former tabloid mainstays who suspect that they may be losing their grip in the zeitgeist and judging by the fact that almost everyone I spoke to at the show was either a reporter, a publicist, or a friend of either, this assessment turned out to be correct. So, <laughs> doesn't seem like they're a fan. In June of 2022... <laughs> Anna announced she was launching a collection of NFTs, which are non... What is it? Non-fungible non -fungible tokens. tokens. I don't understand NFTs. Let's just put that out there. And I work at a bank, okay? And I work at a bank and dabble a little in the art <laughs> stuff, and I still don't really fully understand them, and I'm fine with that. If yeah, you want okay to tell us about too. it... Feel I don't understand why anybody kind of don't care. thinks it's a good thing. It doesn't seem like it's a good thing. It seems like a good way to scam people. Right. Oh, I give me know. your cash. Put it into Bitcoin. Mm. <laughs> oh, sorry. That, the crashed. only experiences I have seen are people delving into this and it going badly. Yeah. I've seen the occasional really great success story, but I'm still <laughs> iffy. So Anna created 10 tokens that she claimed would give holders exclusive access to her. But no further clarification on what that means. Access to her in what and way? And I don't want access to her. She's going to steal my money. Right. <laughs> she told NBC that she has been trying to move away from this, like, quote, unquote, scammer persona. Okay. Sure. She also announced her intention to launch a law firm. Okay. Reasoning? In an interview I with mean, Emily like... Palmer this year, Anna now does say that she regrets her actions and how her case is perceived. She doesn't want to be that scammer girl. She do, You know what? That's the only thing she does regret. The way it was perceived. Not what she actually did. Because she doesn't believe she did anything wrong. Yeah, I don't know that she believes she said, when she says she regrets her actions. Do you? 
I don't think or she Or do you does. regret getting caught? She regrets getting caught and being perceived as this scammer person when she doesn't truly believe that she is. And uh, before she got all her stuff taken away, she connected with Julia Fox via Instagram and is planning a collaboration with her. And she, I've seen her quoted as saying that, like, Julia Fox is really super famous and everything. And I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't know who she was. Who the hell is that? I don't know who that is. Until I saw, like, tabloids with her dating Kanye for a little bit. Maybe last year or this year. I don't know when. Oh, that's who that is. Yeah. Yeah, I I have seen her, but I did not. So I don't know. I don't. Is she, guys, let us know. Is she really that famous? I don't think she is. She's just definitely dating, a hell of a lot more famous than me. I think she's me, just but... famous for dating Kanye. That's, That's all I know her from. <laughs> That's about it. Anyway, on October 5th, 2022, so very recently, just a couple weeks ago. Just a couple weeks ago, this was in the news. Immigration judge Charles Conroy granted Anna a $10,000 bond. And on October 7th of this year, just a couple weeks ago again, yes. she was released from ISIS custody. Mind-blowing, so we could honestly. go to New York City and see her. We could go visit. We're not going to do that. Let's that's go visit Anna. weird, but no, I'm just kidding. we could. But you. Um, so she moved to a fifth-story walk-up one-bedroom apartment in the East Village. Still nice. She's under house arrest. She has no access to social media. So even though she's out of jail, she still can't be on Instagram. Oh, I'm sure she's Facebook finding a way around that and shit. And Twitter and all that. And she's probably got like, other people doing it for her. She's I don't know. Me. I don't know. She, no one has seen her online. That's that's why. <laughs> so those are, those are the stipulations. She's under house arrest. She's electronically monitored. Wow. Well, like, I knew she was under house arrest. Access to social media. Anna has said that she is interested in pursuing her art career and that she was working on a podcast with different guests for each episode. Thrilling. We don't... I don't know what the guests are for. She just pull random people and interview them? I guess she was just going to interview people, probably. Or was it themed? I don't... (sighs) I don't know enough. I'm, my assumption would be, I mean, I don't know, but she probably just was going to, like, interview people that she found, like, intriguing. intriguing. She was going to interview different celebrities, but, like, about yeah. what? She probably don't even know. I don't know. And <laughs> We don't know. She don't know. No one knows. Okay. <laughs> She's also working on a book. She told the Times that she would love to do something with criminal justice reform. To kind of highlight the struggles of other girls. What does she know of... Sorry. What does she know about struggles? I'd love to know. I don't know, man. She plans on staying in New York City. Doing what, though? Doing what? Like, is she going to get a real job? Is... I mean, the thing, so many people, so many people don't listen to stuff like this or pay attention. I, but how would they, even if they manage to fool somebody who's just not internet savvy or whatever. Right. How are they getting past a background check? She's got how many felonies on there? True. 
So how is she going to stay that in New York City? That is also who's, true. Who's footing the bill? I don't know. I wouldn't trust her. No. I wouldn't be cool with hiring her if I was in New York City and they, she asked for a job. I don't think that most people would be apt to hire somebody who had that sort of a background. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't just know. I just I think it's going to be hard for her. But yeah, that's where we're at currently. Good luck with that, Anna. Please don't look up her address or anything weird. But yeah, that's what's going on with her now. Yeah, don't do that. That's creepy. Yeah, and it's weird. Just don't Something I found to be entertaining and amusing is when she was being interviewed, <laughs> the guy asked her if she ever had a job. And she's like, of course I did. Well, yeah, I was CEO of my own company. And I'm like, the company that really did, like, didn't exist. Nothing? <laughs> did nothing. All right. All right, ma'am. That was that was her one mm-hmm. job. CEO of her own company oh. that did just about nothing. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I The only way I could see her, like, getting a job after this is, like, if she entered witness protection, which clearly she didn't if they are able to locate where she went. Right. I... I don't know. I just don't know. I just... And, once again, not diagnosing her or anything, but I... Th- feel like she's a bit delusional <laughs> yeah it's, 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 she it's... has lost her grasp on reality because i think she was trying to attain some sort of um celebrity that really doesn't exist it only exists in like movies Fantasies. social media social media that sort of thing like she she think she thought she could become famous without really doing anything. Do you get what I'm saying? And that yes. just, that isn't like. She thought it could all be bought. Right. But being bought could be faked. Yeah. And, and it's, with her, it's like, it's a hard to say if she really sat and thought this through. That's the other and thing. And was like, this is what I plan to do. Or was she just kind of winging it? Like, she still knew it was wrong either way. Right. Regardless, she knew it was wrong. Well, that's the but other thing. did she like, plan it? Or was she just like, eh, this will cover enough. This will get me here. This will do this. This will get this'll me here. Like, was she this. doing it step by step? But the other thing I thought was, okay, maybe she just created this persona to make herself feel better. And because that's what she attain wanted to attain in life or what she felt she deserved or she felt she did maybe what she felt she deserved also that could be correct and then it just kind of snowballed and got out of control i'm like was this intentional or did she just create this persona to make herself feel better and then saw what she could get out of it and it kind of snowballed it's like i don't know which way to go you know what i mean right yeah exactly and I don't know. Yeah, but that's where we're at now, and, you know, sorry this one went so long. Yeah, we're getting a little sleepy. It was just a (laughs) lot. It was a lot lot of information information. all at once, kind of an info dump, but there was a lot going on, so sorry about that. But, again, thanks to Kay for writing in. If anyone is, you know, inclined to get in touch or see what else we're up to, we're on Instagram at Too Too Good To Be be True true pod. Pod. We are on Facebook, Too Good To Be True Podcast. You can email us anything you want, questions, suggestions, stories, stories, whatever you want. All that good stuff. Yep. Too Good To Be True Pod at Mm Outlook.com. Send us a DM, send us a message, whatever you want to do to get in touch. We'd love to hear it. If you don't want to write out a whole big long thing. 
There's a little four-question questionnaire. Okay. If you just go to our main webpage on Anchor, which we have in the show notes, there's a little four. takes like a minute, a minute and a half maybe. Uh, right. That pushing it. So it's not very long if you want to get in touch with us. And, Please do. Yeah, and we look forward to it. Um, there's also a listener support button. If you really want to give us just a little tiny bit of money each month or whatever, you can do that. That might help us buy other things like soundproofing, better equipment. Better equipment, yeah. Maybe eventually exclusive episodes will happen in the future. I'm not sure, but that'll also be there. As always, if you want to rate and review us, our best way of getting around is word of mouth. Tell people. Point them to our pages, let them listen, talk about us again, rate and review. And we thank you for listening. Thank you. And as always, if it seems too good to be true, it is. It is. Yeah, she is an emotional pooper, though. She gets scared, she poops. She's angry, she poops. She's upset, angry, we're she pooping. Poops. Well, it was like when I went to visit my friends in Louisiana and I got stuck down there an extra week and my mom was updating me every day that she had to watch her right. on her piles of shit that she would leave on the floor oh. because she was mad that because I wasn't was home. Yeah. She sent me a picture of the one day and it was in a tea and I said, it's a tea for Tammy. <laughs> back she goes are you drunk <laughs> like, no no my baby's leaving you aren't she made- <laughs>